Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Headscarves and Good Yarns with me, Amal Abdullahi. This show is all about talking about race and diversity in New Zealand and also we like to invite Kiwis onto the podcast to share their stories, all in the hopes of empowering a more empathetic New Zealand. So today I'm very, very happy to um, welcome my good friend, Mayful, onto the show. What's up? How's it going? Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm Mayful. Uh, I'm a junior doctor. I'm working in Middlemore Hospital. Um, and I'm Chinese, Malaysian, Bruneian, Kiwi, <laughs> all the words. <laughs> all of the identities, all of the all cultures. Of yeah. <laughs> so where did you grow up? Where's home for you? Yeah, good question. Um, I was born in Brunei. Mm-hmm. I'm not Malaysian um, by, by, I guess, like, because even though I was born in Brunei, um, I couldn't inherit the nationality there. Um, mm-hmm. They're quite strict with who gets the passports and who doesn't. What's um, the basis, if you don't mind me asking, on who gets passports and who doesn't? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of it is inheritance. You've mm-hmm. got to inherit it or you've got to know powerful people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see how it <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so I was born there, but despite that, I had to inherit my parents' nationality. Mm-hmm. Um so I became Malaysian. A lot of people haven't been as fortunate as me and they've ended up stateless. So essentially they've got no passport to any country because they were born in Brunei mm. but um, couldn't inherit a nationality from their parents. Is um, that a common thing? Yeah, it has happened oh. to a couple of people. Some of my friends are struggling with that. And so mm-hmm. they end up with just this kind of like document um, or this piece of paper that they have to travel with and that substitutes as their passport but they don't officially have a nationality. Um, it's more nuanced than that, and I don't know the legalities of it. Um, but yeah, that can happen. Yeah, so I'm Malaysian by nationality, but mm-hmm. I'm Bruneian by birth. Um, never lived in Malaysia a day in my life, but our <laughs> cultures in Malaysia and Brunei are quite similar. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then, so how long have you been in New Zealand for? Yeah, I moved here in 2008. Uh, I came here when I was 12. Um, and yeah, I've been I here ever since. Mess. I was like, wait, how old were we in 2008? This is so long ago now. I know, it's ages. <laughs> we were year nine. Golly, what is life? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, so you came to Dunedin straight away? or Yeah, I came to Dunedin um, and I grew up here. I went to boarding school, Columbia College, um, and stayed there until I was year 13. And then I moved out, went to Carrington College and University of Otago, Stayed there for six years, and then I moved up to Auckland. So cool. Auckland's like the second place I've ever lived in in New Zealand. I've been in Dunedin otherwise. Oh, cool. And um, you recently got your citizenship. Well, recently, within the past year or so? Yeah. Was that how long ago your ceremony was? Yeah, yeah. 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 So what's life like? Uh, what, how has life changed for you since getting your citizenship? I suppose it feels like it's cemented the fact that I feel Kiwi, and it's almost like it's a reassurance that I really am Kiwi. Mm. It's been hard to justify that sometimes I feel so Kiwi because I go home and I'm a foreigner and I come here and I'm a foreigner. Um, But growing up in New Zealand, I hardly remember a life back home home or what other people want me to describe as my home. Um, So 
New Zealand really is where I identify as home. And I know that because when I go back to where my extended fam- my extended family are, um, I'm always thinking of New Zealand. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so I'm always like, oh, like I, I'm homesick. And when I say I'm homesick, I'm homesick for New, of Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So getting that citizenship really felt like it was cementing in my identity as a person. Um, and I've been really fortunate. Yeah, I got really lucky. Yeah. Have you, um, like, when you first came to New Zealand, were you like, what is this place? <laughs> like, who are these people? What is this culture? Oh, was absolutely. Was quite foreign to you? Yeah, it was such a culture shock. I remember the first things that happened was, um, back home, if you offer someone food, they have to say no at least twice. Yes. It's, yeah. the, <laughs> yes. it's the polite thing to do. <laughs> so anyone who offers you a bag of chips or biscuits, it's the polite thing to do to be like, no, 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 I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And you have to insist on that at least twice. Anything more than that, <laughs> anything less than that, you're being presumptive, you know? Um, but here, like, if you offer a bag of chips, people will happily dig in. And I remember being really shocked because I'd sort of, uh, <laughs> like, politely offer a bag of chips to share and everyone would dig in and there would be nothing left for me. <laughs> it sounds like nothing when you're 24, but when you're 12, a bag it's of a chips is your deal. life. Yeah. yeah, it's a big deal. Oh, my gosh, I just have flashbacks. I remember there was this one time um, we went to some auntie's house. There's always some auntie that you go to. And she offered us tea. And I was actually really thirsty that day. I was like, oh, yes, please. And then my mom gave me the filthiest look. She was like, and then afterwards when we got into the house, she was like, how dare you say yes straight away? You want me to say no? a couple of times like, I know why did you say yes straight away <laughs> absolutely see that's what I'm talking about and I think um, these are the nuances that are really difficult to explain because you know the other culture is not meaning to be rude it just doesn't mesh with what you've been mm, brought up in mm. yeah so that's just one of many examples I remember not knowing how to use a fork and a knife um, I came to boarding school here and uh, my boarding school is quite like proper um, so you have your tableware set out where you've got your starters and then your your mains and your outer cutlery is what you use first and your inner cutlery is what you use second. I've never been to a degree I know. where I've had to go to that nth degree. But oh. I feel like if I ever did, I'd be like Jack in Titanic and I'd just <laughs> be watching everyone else. Like oh, mate, it's not a necessary skill. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so I remember using my dessert spoon for my mains and everyone looking at me really strangely but not finding it in themselves to explain to me what I was mm. supposed to do. <laughs> and so it just came to dessert and I had like a knife left to use. And every- oh, I know, my it was a hard life. <laughs> Being 13 was really yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, one of many, many culture shocks, but yeah, it was mm. a good time. I mean, I was really looking forward to having you on the podcast today, actually, because one of the things that I'm really curious about when it comes to talking about just race relations in New Zealand is what is it like being Asian in in New Zealand? Because I think when people think about like our multicultural society, they often think about refugees or they think about how do we treat our Māori and Pacifica people. And I think when people think of Asian people, they just think, oh, well, you know, on generally they're doing well in life. They're doing the best in school and like well off and doing okay in our healthcare and education system. So, yeah, what is it like being Asian in New Zealand? Mm, yeah, um, I think you feel like you have to conform to a lot of stereotypes here. Mm. Um, The Asian stereotype is that 
um, you're smart. Um, you're really good at math. Um, you've got strict Asian parents who don't let you date and uh, force you to do all your studies all the time. And you've got to get really good grades. And there's nothing else other than being a doctor or a dentist or a lawyer. I'm a really bad <laughs> example because I kind of fit all the stereotypes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> as he listened, I was, yeah, like, I was like, tick, yeah, tick, 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 tick for Mabel, Mabel, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, but the other, the other thing is also that there's. A high expectation that you don't speak English, and I remember when I came here, a lot of people spoke down to me, or would speak really slowly to me. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I can blame them for that. Like I think it's it's good that they assume that you can't, and then they try to cushion you a little bit. Mm. But at the same time, I don't know how to politely say that there are a lot of countries that speak English and that speak、mm. English very fluently, <laughs> and that we've been brought up with English. In many other places in the world, that's not the places that have been colonized by Britain. There's one thing、yeah. my dad always pointed out to me. He was like, "Kiwi people are always really surprised when people of color can speak really good English." But like, yeah, English is quite widespread, what, and、yeah. people do like a lot of people of color come from cultures where you do speak multiple different languages, and so English. Tends to be one of them, and also one thing he always has pointed out to me is generally people of color will speak、um, better English than native speakers because native speakers take it for granted. And also, I think Kiwi people are quite—I don't know—and I think we're quite lazy、um, like English speakers. And it's something that I've noticed in myself as well, like the way I pronounce my vowels or shorten words that shouldn't be shortened. I'm like, why? Why am I like this? Yeah, we're lazy spellers too.、Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. People don't spell very well, and it's one of those things that、um, it's enforced a lot back home to take pride in your language.、Um, so there's a lot of competitions and essay writing.、Um, you've got to up your vocabulary skills. And or I, English or Chinese or both. both. Yeah, both. <laughs> yeah. So back home, we had to learn Mandarin and Malay and English and. You took on another second language as well, and for me that was French.、Um, so I studied that back home as well. Do you still remember a little bit? Oh,、uh, barely enough to survive. If you threw me in France, I could <laughs> I could barely survive, <laughs> but I couldn't make it through. Like,、um, but it was it's a good experience, and I think I think for anyone who picks up a second language that's not too familiar with their native tongue,、um, immersion at the end of the day will really help you float. If you immerse yourself in that language in a different country, it'll help you float.、Um, but yeah, like I think, I think English is one of those things that the tragic history is that a lot of countries have been colonized by Britain in the past,、mm. and so English was kind of enforced on us whether you didn't, whether you wanted or not.、Mm. Um, that was true for Malaysia, for example.、Um, so the、um, British curriculum was imposed on a lot of the population, so we had to learn it whether we liked it or not. And people kind of forget that history, I think, because they think about us from a foreign country, and that we're a person of color, and so they think, oh, well, you obviously can't speak English, or why would you be learning English? But like, as New Zealand was colonized by, th- like, the English,、um, so was every other country in the world. Yeah. Yes, Somalia is on that list too. Exactly. We kind of got colonized by everyone. The- Uh, British, French, Italian. Everyone tried to stake their claim, didn't、yep. they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they never got. They never got to the 
very top of the north, just wow. very resilient people. And my mum always brings it up when... With the, pride? With pride, whenever they, like my mum and dad, compare whose tribe is the best. Yeah. Like, just, you know, bad. <laughs> <laughs> Go her. Nice. <laughs> I approve. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was us. Um, what was the initial question? Oh, what is I've it like track. being... No, that's okay. <laughs> track. We just kind of went on tangents, but what is it, yeah, what is it like being being Asian? So you're talking about the fact that people don't, or people assume that you don't speak English very well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was a big part. Um, I think it's different because I do fulfill a lot of the stereotypes. So I'm not really like doing a good thing for our cause here, <laughs> trying to trying to show people that Asians aren't just this like musician doctor thing. Everyone plays violin from the age of five. I am like, I am that person, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but there are plenty of us who don't like math and plenty of us who are really into art and plenty of us whose parents are quite forgiving about that mm. and um, more progressive than people let on. And I'm sure there's a good population who aren't. And I'm sure there's a good population who would fulfill those stereotypes. Um, but at the end of the day, these stereotypes aren't healthy. We can't be making these assumptions about people. Yeah, I don't know because it just puts people like in boxes. Mm. Like even though when I was in high school, they put, I, it was just, it's always a stupid name, but they like put the apparently smart people in one class together. Um, and even then, people would just assume, "Oh, I'm so surprised you know how to write an essay," or "I'm surprised I know you know how to speak English." And I'm like, "Well." I, I kind of grew up here, so <laughs> very oh familiar goodness. with English. <laughs> That's so it's so condescending as well mm. for people to make that assumption that just because you're a person of color, you can't possibly excel in our our in quotation marks mm. language. Um, I remember when I was back at school, when I first came here, my English, my written English wasn't stellar. Mm. And I think that was partly because creative writing is really um, heavily emphasized in our curriculums here but back home that's not a big deal um we Is focus it more, more on the academic form yeah of academic um, form of writing so we focus more on um, paragraphing and vocab spelling um that aspect of english and literature mm. um so when i came here i sucked at english because i sucked at the way they they examined us for english and then a couple of years' time, I ended up getting top in English um, by Look the end of school. I know. And it was <laughs> I remember getting filthy looks from people because they felt like I didn't deserve to be there because I think I didn't fulfill their expectations of who someone who was top of English should be. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was a painful experience, I think. Um, I was proud of myself because I was like, well... I came from a foreign country mm. and I could do well in a language that wasn't supposed to be native to me. But I think it goes to show that despite how much we want to believe that New Zealand isn't racist, it is because it comes across in all these forms of microaggression where people don't feel like you deserve to have the recognition that mm. you have. And you're always having to work harder than everybody else to prove that you're at par even. You don't, you're not even trying to prove that you're better than anybody else. You're just trying to prove that you're normal, that you're just like everyone mm. else. And you've got to work harder. Mm. There's something that I haven't 
like properly addressed yet but I think that's a extra pressure that we have to deal with because that's something my parents are always very aware of they were like very aware of the fact that you know different to everyone else so then if I want to be treated the same way I have to do like twice or thrice amount mm. as work as everyone else just to be considered on the same level and then not only did it um, extend to how much work you put into your school but also how you are as a person they were like if you make any kind of like mistake or if you get into any kind it of scandal poorly on your entire it. it's not even yeah. just you it's your family like yeah. what people think of muslim people what people think of africans like yeah you're not it's not just about you yeah. you're representing everyone yeah. i think there's immense amount of pressure so much to pressure. think about but it's just just something that you have to think about i suppose because it's the way that people portray you but it's also the way that media portrays you so mm. when you are a person of color and you belong to a minority ethnicity or a religion that's not convenient for other people, um, I think they like to tag on all the negative stereotypes as well. So when you do anything that positively reinforces that, they're happy to blow that up and make sure that that's, that's what people recognize about all the stereotypes that they have for you. Um, but it doesn't work the other way around. So when you have someone who's Pakeha or Caucasian and they've just done some kind of murder or some kind of shooting, um, the media will try very, very hard to portray them in a very angelic light, that this was um, a psychotic breakdown, that it's aberrant data, it's just out of the blue, um, this is so out of character. These are literally just words from the media and they'll try everything to paint them in the most normal light. Mm. Um, and it's crazy. It's crazy that, that double standard that we have in media to try and paint minorities as badly as they can and make quick assumptions as quickly as they can compared to if our white counterpart did the same thing. Mm. Mm. Like, are they kind of, now that you're talking about that, it reminds me, I was reading this article a wee while ago, so who knows if the information is entirely correct um but there was an incident where a asian couple they visited a cafe in auckland and they weren't happy with the service that they received and so um oh no so sorry it was the wrong wrong way around sorry um yeah they went to a cafe and then on the till or whatever whatever the um what front of house used to communicate with each other they typed it as um asian loud um, loud and dirty or something like that mm. and then that got the media got hold of that and there was a really big uproar from the Asian community about like how dare they just use Asian as like a as, as a label like that yeah it's mm. it's so terrible and this happened to me in Auckland actually I was in a Malaysian restaurant which I um I am a frequent. Oh, is this there. the one that you took me I to? I did take you oh, there. Yeah, and the wet waiter recognizes you, me and sees me at my usual place. What's their name? Maybe we can give them a <laughs> shout out. <laughs> it's the place is KK Malaysia mm. in Auckland, and they're the best. And I was there with they, one of my good friends, and I sat outside, and um, we were having our usual oh, dishes. You told me this. I yes, did. Please. Everyone I did. needs to hear the story. Everyone needs to hear the story. And there was a group of uh, middle-aged Caucasian people sitting right behind us, um, two middle-aged men men and one middle-aged woman. 
and um, me and my friend were just having a good yarn and we were just chatting along and we probably got excited about something I don't know something nondescript we we get excited about a lot of things we're good friends um, and the group, I know how you get excited about oh things. absolutely absolutely <laughs> and then the middle-aged woman behind us just started speaking really loudly like really aggressively and really loudly and she was like she I won't shout into the microphone but she was essentially like oh like and then I did this thing and blah 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 and it was really aggressive and then we turned around and then she kind of gave us a sideways glance and then continued doing this like caricature of I think what she was trying to mimic was us Mm. and so she continued being like oh and then I did this blah blah and then the two men at the table looked actually quite embarrassed but then they were sort of laughing along because I think they didn't know how to call her out or do anything about it it made me and my friends so it was really awkward Yeah, yeah yeah and me and my friend were just sort of sitting there really uncomfortable and like if you picture the scenario, we are in a restaurant that's supposed to be home to us. We're both Malaysians by nationality, and we're both um, comfortable in this environment. We frequent this area a lot um, to the point where the waiter knows me by name and seats me at my usual table and gives me my usual order. And here we are with three people who are overentitled, uh, staking their claim to this restaurant because they feel like we should be fulfilling their societal norms of how you should behave at a restaurant. These are their white people standards of what they think. Ethnic people are loud, eh? I know, I think yeah. white people get shook over there. Yeah. Whenever we get in the show, yeah. like, nah. like, I know, yeah. But it's our way of showing mm. love. But they feel like we should conform to their standards. And so their way of portraying that was by being a caricature of us and essentially making fun of us in our own environment. So we ended up standing away and we moved because we were like, you know what? We're just not going to put up with this. We're just going to walk away. My friend at after that, just felt really uncomfortable. She called them out on it. And I really respect her for this. Because yeah, sometimes, how did she call them out? Because yeah. I feel like that's something that's really hard to, to talk about. And to, she's amazing at this. That? Yeah, she's yeah, so amazing at this. She Essentially, what she did was when that guy, one of the men came in to pay the bill, she was like, excuse me, sir, I'm so-and-so. I won't call her out because I don't know if she wants to be named. No, um, fair enough. But she was like, oh, I'm so-and-so. Um, I was sitting at the table next to you guys. I noticed that um, you guys were being loud and it seems like we made you uncomfortable and I'm sorry that we did. Um, But I think that next time, instead of doing what you guys did, it would be nicer if you came up to us and told us what you would have preferred and we could have had a conversation about it. Mm. And this man... that's a really wonderful way of going, but how excellent. Yeah, she was so great. She's so articulate. And this guy essentially backed out while she was speaking and took no responsibility for what happened. She was, he was like, oh, oh, it's, it's, um, it's the, the woman. Like she, she, it was her idea. Uh, I, you know, I have nothing to do with it. Um, yeah, whatever. And she, he Awkward didn't, he didn't, that was yeah. his wife or something. I know, you know, <laughs> that, 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 under yeah, the bus. that woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he just backed out of there. I don't, e- I don't even recall if he apologized. I think he just made an excuse and sort of backed out of there as quickly as possible. And I think that woman kind of saw it coming because she didn't try to come in to pay the bill um, oh so, yeah okay, so. so i think i think she might have seen it coming because i think she could see how uncomfortable she made us and that was on purpose like fully on purpose and so um that was one of one of my many experiences of um racism in new zealand and that's in 
like shamefully in a restaurant that we should be allowed to feel comfortable in because it's our food and um, that's our ethnic place. Mm. Um, but we can't. We have to conform to what other people expect us to be or um, white standards of politeness and white standards of restaurant behavior. Um, yeah, and that was sad. But go my friend. She was awesome. Yeah, she yeah. did an awesome yeah, job. She pulled them out in a really polite and respectful way. Um, we are running out of time, but really quick, I just want to end on a positive note. So moving forward, how do you think or what are your two cents on how do we become, how do we achieve social cohesion in a multicultural society? Whoa. I know it's a big thing, <laughs> but I I just want to know your thoughts on it. You're a very smart lady, so I just want to know oh, your Oh, I don't two know cents. about that. <laughs> that is a packed question. Um, hmm. I think I think what you're doing is great, which is um, having having conversation and having a discussion about it rather than microaggressions, which are founded on macro assumptions about people, mm. about their culture, about who they are, where they come from. Um, and so having conversation is really important. And as ethnic minorities, we can tell when your questions are fueled with stereotypes or assumptions about us. Oh, so, yeah, you can definitely yeah, feel absolutely. the intent. Yeah, you can feel the intent, the where are you from versus where are you really from. But mm. no, like that can't be where you're from. So where are your parents from? Where, but where are your ancestors from? <laughs> like we have never asked a white person that question, yeah. even though none of them were from here originally. Um, so I think... I think it's still it's really important to have good intentions when you start your conversations and just be willing to hear out what the other person has to say and keep your assumptions to yourself. Yeah. Bloody good two cents, Maple. I oh, agree. Mate, don't know about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, essentially you're doing the right thing. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's been so good. And thanks for tuning in. So we'll catch you the next episode. His Gus and Good Yarns out. Whoop, See whoop. ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Take ORFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.